This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20, livingrelief.com, living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, this is the audio from our Twitter space following the Carolina game on Saturday. It was a really good conversation. We had uh, folks from all over on, Cam Bennerman, former player, Kenton Gibbs covers Locked On, Wolfpack, Corey Smith, Pack Pride, BP Cox, Inside Pack Sports, Matt Coe, Wolfpacker. We had a lot of folks on with some really good thoughts on the program and Dillingham and just pretty much everything that you would think. Good conversation. Thought everybody would want to listen. Audio is not as great as we like, but it's a Twitter space, so we'll deal with it. Thanks for listening. Go Pack. All right, folks. That was a shit show. I don't even know. I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like, it's not an unexpected. Not. It's just, it's not. I was surprised a little bit by how crowded it was or how good the crowd was. I really thought it would be predominantly Carolina fans or at least a large percentage and it didn't seem to be. I think the Carolina folks in the uh, student section is really, that one's always baffling to me. (laughs) Not advocating fighting, but there was a lot of fights when I was in school if you saw a Carolina fan in the student section and just were not hospitable. But the problem is the product on the floor. And I get that they're undermanned because they are. Even with guys who are very good players, they're just, I get the injury excuse, but they're not, he's not maximizing what this team's got. There's, first of all, let's talk about Turquavion Smith, who I'm a huge fan, have been all year, but you simply cannot let him have the green light like that. 22 uh, 22 shots is too many. And it's too many because a lot of them are bad shots. Early in the shot clock, deep threes, had been no passes. It's just fundamentally poor basketball, and it doesn't take a genius to see it. I know everybody has everybody seen it. And it's just you can't you can't let that happen. The coach has to rein him in some. In the first half he played nineteen of twenty minutes. I haven't seen the box score to see what he finished at, but I think he played majority of the game in the second half. You can't let that happen. You can't do that. Cam Hayes played nine minutes in the first half. Cam Hayes was your leading scorer. And he was the only one to play in single digits other than Breon Pass and Casey Morsell. Or, I mean, Breon Pass and Jalen Gibson. 
come on now. What is going on there? How do you let that happen? He's got zero idea what he's doing. The rotations don't make any sense. The product on the floor doesn't make any sense. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting, I'm not surprised by the outcome of this game. I'm surprised the amount of people are just like, yeah, he should, he should get another year. The cloud, the mythical cloud, doesn't prevent you from passing the ball. It two assists in the first half. Two. That just, you can't do that. That's just not how this game is played. You have to have ball movement. You have to space the floor. You have to have good shots. And sure, we shot 23% in the first half. Because you take a lot of bad shots. How many times did we see a guy come down the floor and either jack up a deep three or just dribble into the trouble and take a bad shot? Now, they finished with 10 assists, I think. So they had eight in the second half. And it's no surprise they scored more points in the second half. And they actually closed the gap, whether it was Carolina just pulling off the gas or what, but they clearly moved the ball and got better shots. It's not that hard to see. It's not that hard to see that how poorly coached this team is. It is infuriating. We got Eli. You have the mic. Just unmute yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm just curious, uh, as opposed to like, where we where we want to go? Um, what what do you think is next? Because personally, I think I think Keats is going to be here next year. I think, from my understanding, the buyout is around four point five million dollars. Correct. I could be wrong there, but um, I, I I think he'll be here. I I don't I don't want him to, but I think he will be. I think we're a program that just is not. I don't see us being willing to pay that much money to move on. I hope not, though. So so here's what I, here's where this has been. So a couple weeks ago, it was almost certain that we were keeping him. And the whole caveat was barring a disaster. And disaster being two and five or three and five in the last seven or eight games. Well, we're one and six now. One and five, maybe, with two games left. And you lost at home to Boston College for the first time since 2007. And then, but I, so that was what we heard. We heard that he's coming back. He's for sure going to get another year. Boo's on board. Woodson's on board. Fast forward pass to the Boston College game. And folks have been saying that now Boo has changed his mind. And Chancellor Woodson is the obstacle. Like, again, this is all rumors and secondhand information. Some of it's true, some of it, I, I don't know. Why Woodson would be the obstacle for Boo to do his job, and that is probably not a public conversation that we can have without getting uh, uh, some, some folks really mad. I don't know how to say that. But if that's the case, that is mind-blowing to me. It is mind-blowing that... Woodson would be, you know, keeping Boo from doing his job. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the moment. 
kind of Booble Corgan will get tested on on you know his decision making. This is kind of his. I mean, I heard somebody throw out saying this is like a watershed moment for him. It it really is like figuring out where we're gonna go next. Um, yeah, it's critical time. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. Boo's gonna catch the heat for this. If Woodson is really the one blocking him, Boo's the one gonna catch the heat. But I know a lot of people aren't happy. I know a lot of the money big boosters are unhappy. And I know that there are a lot of former players that are unhappy. I got some DMs today from people that I hadn't heard from before expressing that same concern that we've that we've seen. Like this program is in the wrong hands. It's all about him. It's not doing anything. Like that that is real. I don't think it's the buyout that is the obstacle here. I don't think it's the 4.4 million. I think 4.5 million, wherever he's at. I think it's 1.1 a year. Um, Yeah, I just don't think that's the case. I think there's other reasons why he is afraid to have this conversation. And you guys can read between the lines there. Uh, Nick, you have the mic if you want to speak. You hear me? I'm in the car, Evan. Yeah, you got it, buddy. You know, we can talk X's and O's and all of this stuff about NC State. And that, you know, my main thing was just we're playing Carolina and just the whole apathy of the arena. You know, it, it's pockets of empty seats. You know, it, I was happy that it wasn't overrun by Carolina fans, but, you know, it was just no excitement. And, you know, when you think back when, you know, even when we sucked when I was in school and, uh, late 90s it was always an event I mean a little bit later you think about that game with CJ and Lorenzo and you know the atmosphere for that Saturday night game against Carolina and you know it's just we've we've just gone too far down the hill to where again I I don't think anybody's really that upset you know it's it was just nobody you know I wasn't angry leaving it was what we expected but you know I think that's the thing that that hurts so badly is that we just don't really care anymore as a fan base. And until we can, you know, I I don't know what the answer is. I mean, if you bring in another coach, does it give us a little short-term spark? And, you know, we can blame COVID. We can blame, you know, just the overall apathy towards college basketball in general. But, I mean, it, it was disappointing in there today. And, I mean, I don't think there's and any other way. Me, there's no other way to put it, you know. Yep. I think, to me, that is the biggest the biggest issue, right? We've talked about fan apathy all year. And now it's not even just – like, the fans showed up for that game, which is – that's one step. That's just – it shows you that people just want to have a little bit of hope, right? And then you see the play on the floor and, like, well, it's the same shit we've seen all year. And it's just – the absolute boredom and apathetic nature of a crowd for a UNC game, man, that is to me, un, that's unacceptable. It, it's just crushing as a fan. Well, it just, it, and it seemed to me, and again, at the beginning of the year, I knew that talent wise, we weren't, you know, we weren't going to sit up there and, and be a top 10, top 15, top 20 team. But I really feel like at the beginning of the year, there was that effort and that grind and that, and again, they may they were scrappy, I guess we could say, with that. And a, a lot you can you can cover a lot of warts with your when you're scrappy and 
you know, when you see how hard you're fighting, but it literally like it, that same fight isn't, isn't there that, that we had earlier in the year. And again, you can, you can deal with missed shots. You can deal with bad shots from freshmen. You can deal with all of that stuff, but it just, and again, I, I'm sure they care, but it just seems like that nobody from the fans to the players have that, have that passion for the game that, that is missing, you know, that, that we've needed. And, and as a fan, we're just, we're just hungry for it, you know? Yep. And, and I think and, that the program is all about individuals. I think that's where we are right now. Like the coach makes it about himself. Some of the players make it about themselves. Like they're trying to get theirs. Everybody's trying to get theirs. And I think that reflects in their attitudes. And that, the, the fans pick up on that. We're not stupid. I think people see all this stuff. They see how disorganized and selfish the basketball is. We're not, people aren't blind. They might not understand the X's and O's to a T, but they, they understand the fundamentals of teams and fundamentals of basketball to a point where you can realize, hey, this is not right. Cam, you should have the mic here. Cam, you, Cam was at the game, and I know he was. He's got some things to to say whenever his mic connects. Major, I'm gonna go ahead and give you one two. Um, go ahead. Oh, I might not have got you in time. Yeah, if y'all got anything to say, feel free to to jump on. I just, it's weird. It's weird watching this game and not being upset. Kind of what Nick was saying. Like it's, I'm just. I don't know if I expected it or just kind of numb to it at this point. Whatever it is, it just. It sucks, man. I'm watching this Tennessee-Auburn game, and it's, you know, the crowd, it was, it was packed before the game, and it's two relevant programs. I just don't know why we are okay with with this, right? Cam, you should have the mic now. I think you connected. Maybe not. The other thing I want, like, the comparison to 2019 football is what I've heard a lot. And I just, it's it's nowhere near relevant. You have one starter injured. Football was playing walk-ons at starting positions. Dave Dorn had at least shown the ability to be competitive and win at the higher levels, right? He was really close in 2017 and 2018. And he had shown some recruiting momentum. I just don't think there – I think it's – if people are throwing out the 2019 football comparison, I think it's because they have their own agenda. And I don't think that is – I just don't think it's one that – is fair or makes a lot of sense. It's short-sighted to me. 
Thomas, I'll go ahead and give you Mike so I can stop rambling so much. All right, Thomas should be connected. Hey, guys. Hey, Thomas. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I was like, I guess there's nothing close to 2019 where there's, you know, true freshmen having to fill in on that football team. And with this team, I think even back in November and December, when I think going into the season was like, all right, well, this isn't the most talented team we've had, you know, even over the past five or six years. But I think everybody was like, I like this team, even though like we're probably going to struggle to get in the tournament. And then obviously with Bates going down, but going back to some of those games that were just so close and how they played against Purdue is like, sometimes we felt like we had really good offensive firepower. But then I think over the past month or so, it's just been not even close to the same team, even that we saw earlier in the season. And just repeatedly now, I think of, all right, we don't have the most talented, you know, squad, but we've got to be able, we've got athletes, we've got to be able to, to defend. And I mean, they were talking like on the game today, they're like dead last in the conference of deficient defense efficiency. And at least like somehow we've got us, like we got to know what Carolina was going to do today to be able to stay competitive. And that is how can we scheme to not let Baycock just completely dominate? Um, and I know we're undermanned in that, you know, from a body standpoint, but I just feel like from, again, I wanted to work with, with coach Keach as much as anybody, but it's got like, there's gotta be uh, some better coaching. And I think after a while, people like, like you just said, they're just trying to get their own, you know, after you're four and 12 or whatever it yeah. is in the conference. So it's just kind of frustrating to see it. Um, and obviously the fans are just, I mean, it's just a, it's been a ghost town in PNC. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I was I was in on Keith. I liked what he had to say. I know a lot of fans are. But I, at, at this point, five years in, I've seen enough. I know what we've got. And I don't know, like, keeping around another year, I don't think that does anything. I don't think the potential is – I mean, what, what, what does another year get you? Okay, maybe he brings – he regresses back to the mean, which is – middle of the pack, ninth place in the ACC. Is that what folks are happy with? Like, is that good enough? It's not to me, because why are we playing if you're not going to strive to be the best? If you're not going to strive to be relevant. I don't, that's the part I don't understand. Yeah, I'm just really shocked at how the team plays defensively from the perception I had when he came into the program five or six years ago, like playing 10 guys, you're flying all over the court. They track, they track deflections, and, I mean, we're just nothing close to that identity that I thought we were going to have, wouldn't when, you know, five years ago. Yeah, that, that's to me, is so disconcerting, right? It's so the disconnect between what he said he wanted to do and what he was actually doing is probably the biggest thing to me. I was, you know, I'm excited. We're going to shoot all three. We're going to dunks. We're going to play fast. We're going to play pressure defense. We're going to press. You know, we're going to try to get disrupt, be disruptive to make baskets. And we're going to play uh, that sort of basketball. And we just – we have not, man. And we have been nowhere near it. And I think to me that is – that's an issue. Um, Kenton, you want to speak? 
And Cam, I know you it seems like you have connection issues. PNC is terrible for uh, cell signal, by the way. So, uh, Kenton, you have the mic going on mute. Yep, yep, yeah. I, got, so, I got you, I got you. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Cam. Go ahead. Man, that was painful. Uh, took my mom, stepdad, my stepdad, you know, homies to the game. We were sitting, you know, right there, and I was very quiet really watching everything huh um there's there was no coaching going on and and it wasn't just my perspective on it I, I had you know, my cousin one of my teammates from high school we know sports and they and I sat away from them for for a reason there was no coaching going on whatsoever there was no commitment to a system no commitment to a singular anything you know come down see what happens for round one, okay, let's get a ball screen. Let's see what happens. Okay, let's swing it. Okay, let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Even the, even the, even the uh, substitutions didn't make sense. You know, guys coming in at a time. You know, it's like coach was just really hoping for somebody to save the day for him. And what I've been screaming the whole while is, Coach Keys, nobody's going to save the day for you but the alumni and all of us that's surrounding the program. We are the only ones that's going to save the day. For what for the Wolfpack, period. Because the guy don't know what he's doing. I'm convinced and I'm disappointed because he knows better. He it doesn't have to be this way. Uh how it got this way is very clear to me. But how to get us out of this is also clear to me too. And we gotta make some we gotta make some decisions. And I hate the fact that I sound like this with, with Keats being where you know, I hate all of this. But I'm tired of saying it. I came to this game tonight, well today for a reason. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I heard the fans. I heard people with Letterman jackets on. The students, they're talking. I heard what they were saying. People are just so upset. They're so fed up. And they're talking negative about everything. And I can't blame them. I cannot rebut because it's just so real. So that's, that's, that's all I can say, at least for now. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, man. It's just... Nobody wants to be negative. Nobody wants to be like on this jihad of, you know, we hate Keats. I, I don't. I, I was pulling for him. I wanted him to win. I want. I just want NC State to win. And I think that is, I, I don't understand. Like, I haven't heard a competent defense of Keats from a Keats supporter. Like, if there's a good argument for it, I'd love to hear it. I doubt there's anybody in here that is a defender of Keats, but if you are, speak up. I would love to hear it because I know you're going to reference the cloud. Okay. Uh, it's the one valid excuse that I can even give credence to. The injuries, you got one starter down. Maybe Gant was good. I, I don't know. He was, he was average two and two at Providence. You know, I just, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that it's 2019. I don't want to hear that it's, you know, the injuries are the reason. The injuries are not the reason for poor fundamentals. Injuries are not the reason for bad shot selection or having your hands down on defense. Like a seven-year-old, I coach seven-year-olds today. And they, they understand the fundamentals of basketball. Then they at least expressed it more than what we're getting today. Like Jalen Gibson got abused the few minutes he was in there. And I get it. Baycott's better than he is. But give me that effort, man. Don't go down like a punk. Like, don't be soft. 
Like, why? I just I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that part. Kenton, if you want to speak. Hey, hey, hey but, but who's who's working with our bigs, Evan? Who's working with our bigs? You see what I'm saying? Uh, financial I mean, I mean, Car- Carolina, Carolina is running the same stuff today, yeah. today that they ran when we was there. It's a system. It's a commitment to a way. It's a philosophy. Uh, they're big. I, I can't never say his name right, but caught or but, but I can't I can't never say it. But he was posting up. He looks like Sean May. That was number Sean May. He did little things. Yeah. Our bigs. His hand was right in the line of the pass, and then McCart would just move his hand out at the last second. Very subtle. The ref missed it every time. But it was enough to get the pass right in the pocket of the right-hand dunk. This is just a step. It's a detail that, that, that has to be taught at this level. This is high college basketball, guys. This is ACC. Tar Heels, Duke. What are we taught? What are we doing? This is like mid-major. You know what I'm saying? The details. Yep. It's crazy. It is. Cam played. Let me say this, because Cam's my guy, and I know his family. I watch everything, especially your approach to the game. Cam was bullshitting too much. He had a good statistical game today, but he was bullshitting on the bench before the game. I saw it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Over there bullshitting with the guy. He, he hurt his foot. The guy with the with the with the handicap uh, uh, with the rolly thing, the scooter. Yeah. Over there bullshit. Ain't over there bullshitting. I wanted to check on myself. I was right there. I wanted to say something myself, but I would be out of line if I did that. But it's but I'm telling. I saw and Cam is a he's a serious player. I'm not throwing him under the bus, but I'm just saying our approach. We're not dealing with pros here. We're dealing with kids. We're here. We're here to 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 build pros with this program. That's what Carolina's doing. That's what Duke is doing. It's it's a professional element to this that we're missing from our uniform design to how we treat our fans to everything. And I don't want to hog the mic, but I'm just saying I'm tired of it. And I've seen it up close today. It's my first game I, I went to this season. It, 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 I'm very disappointed, very. And I, and I hate it for you guys because I hear the concern. I hear the questions. I see the energy. You guys deserve a real answer. I can give them to you, but it needs to come from the source. Because I know what it is, but it needs to come from the source. And they're, and they're, and they're hiding behind the phone. They're hiding behind the screen. They're listening to you guys, but they're not doing nothing. They keep they keep coming up with these new initiatives, giving new money to to the same old people. You know, same old faces. We need new initiatives, new stuff. And you guys got to start demanding it from them because you can. You guys got the power. I'm done. Yeah, the thing on Cam, like, I almost feel bad for him because he's not getting what he needs. And I said this before you jumped on. It's an absolute roller coaster for him. He – he had a decent first half, and he was playing within his game, and he played nine minutes. That's only more than Jalen Gibson and Breon Pass, who played six and two. Like, to me, that and that's the first half. And Turquavion was one for 12 or two for 12 at that point and had played 19 of 20 minutes. You can't have that. You can't. He can't have that kind of freedom. And you can't be jerking your rotations around like that. Guys can't get into rhythms. They can't get into flows. And, I don't expect Cam to take it serious if if they're not taking him serious. If you're not, you know, there's there's a little bit of coach in there that needs to rein that in and like give him a chance. All right, Kenton, for real, if you want to speak this time, sorry. Hey, listen, I get it. I'm not. I I understand. And I'm always going to defer to the former basketball player here yeah. uh, because that's that's not what I've done at a high level. But this is. I y'all know me. I have not been a a Keats defender. I've not been a Doran defender. I've not been a 
a Godfrey, any coach you can name, I want NC State to win. These coaches having success while they're at NC State, excellent, great. Want to see it. But with that being said, it is harder and harder to see anything with Keats, but it's it's not just the on-the-floor product. When I got here, when I was – I mean, being born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, you don't know too much about NC State, UNC. When I got here, the first thing I was told, burn everything you have that's light blue. Burn it. We mm-hmm. don't like those guys. We don't like anything about them. We had a day where we did um, – where we would all come to the weight room in our – whatever our high school colors were, and Thunder specifically told us, if it's anything light blue, if it's anything argyle, I don't care if it's not blue, burn it. We'll get you a, we'll get you a, a shirt from one of our high schools. Like that's that's what it was. So to approach this like it's any other game, you know, like Cam was saying, before this game, you joking around and laughing around? What? What and, and here's the thing, I understand what Cam is going through. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there as a player that you have a, a great game or you have a good game rolling and you don't get the love that you feel like you deserve afterwards. So you let it get to you because you're you're young. It's going to happen. I've been there. I've let it happen to me. You know what I mean? I, I realize that. But from a standpoint of our program, it's – I you have to hate those guys. It's part of the deal. You can't, you can't show up here, hey, it's just another game. I gave everything I had every day in practice, every workout, every, every game, of course. So I didn't have more to give against UNC – but I hated them more than everybody else. With everybody else, it was good sportsmanship. It was, oh, you put them on the ass, you help them up. You say, hey, I'll be back next play. With UNC guys, you wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. And that's that's what it is. And, and to see that there's a lack of fire or a, hey, this is just another game, the only way you can get away with that is if you're a championship caliber. That's it. That's it. If you're a championship caliber and you're whooping the wheels off everybody to the point where just another game means – we're also going to beat you by 30? Sure. Sure. But where this program is, again, I'm not going to talk about the actual season because I know everybody's upset right now, and I get it. Being at your lowest, we are going to criticize and nitpick everything that has happened. I get that. I'm not talking about stuff that's out of our control. I'm not talking about there only being one big. And let's be honest, Jalen Gibson all year has given us precious little or nothing. So let's not be surprised that Baycott bullied him up and down that court. Let's not be surprised by that. But I'm saying the things that you can control, you can control. So how do you feel about this game? We are going to do everything in our power to dominate our opponent. We do not like these guys. We cannot stand these guys. That's just what it was. When I played, Hakeem Jones said, their quarterback, Marquise, he's, he's good or whatever. You hit him enough, he'll quit. And you know what Dorn told him when he saw him next? Hey, we're going to back that up, right? And that was it because we hate those guys. So the apathy surrounding this game in particular is the most concerning thing to me. 100%. I think you're exactly right. And I think um, Matt Coe pointed out early in the week when Keats had essentially referenced just, just being just another game. I guess it's important, but it's just, you know, to us it's another game. Like, that, that doesn't fly, man. That To me, that doesn't work. Y- you need – this is important. This is important for you. Can see it, right? There was five people in the stands for Boston College, and it was probably eighty percent full today. Like this game means something for fans. This is Kevin Keats's chance to get a little bit of the fans back on his side. And I'm not saying they would have, but if you win this game, at least you can point to it. 
and you have a little bit of, you know, I know how bad you guys want to beat these guys, and so do I, and we did it. But now we're just, yeah, where we are. Uh, BP, my man. What's going on? What's up, buddy? How's everybody doing? Good, good. Yeah, I know. I know that's not the thing to ask uh, after <laughs> after this game, but um, yeah, I I, I have to uh, echo uh, Cam's uh, uh, CB's uh, statement about the the body language and 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 the joking around and all that. I mean, it's one thing if you see Smith out there at the end of the game, just kind of walking back up the court at the end, you know, with twenty seconds left on the clock and he's just walking up the court. He's dejected. Uh, I, I understand that. I mean, this kid has won every level he's been on and he's, you know, unfortunately for, for some, you know, if you're going through a, a tough, you know, a tough season like this, this is the first exposure to, you know, some challenges like this. And I understand that's going to be, you know, uh, very challenging for them. Um, but, you always have to take it up a level versus Carolina, always. Um, and and now the big question is always going to be where, what happens now. And I know what the majority of a, a lot of folks on Twitter and and you know some folks on some of the message boards, whether it's uh you know us at IPS or uh, you know at Pack Pride, whoever Wolfpack or wherever. Um, I know what they want to see happen, but you know. I think we know, I think several of us know, unless there is major, major, you know, just egg on the wall the rest of the way, you know, Keith's going to be here again next year. And so folks need to go ahead and accept that. Yeah. That's what we were talking about earlier. I, I, yeah. I kind of, what, what we've been hearing and like, but I think losing at home to 12 to BC or eight, but to BC and 10 to Carolina. I mean that's that's a pretty good egg on the wall, and they're going to about to go on the road, and you're likely to get stomped by Wake Forest if we're being serious. And then Florida State, you know, they're down a bunch of starters, but I still think they're they're, they're going to be better than us. They've shown more than us, you know. I just I I don't know what the defense is and how they're going to like if they don't care about selling tickets, that's fine. They don't care about the program. All right, fine. Like I, I'll put my time into something else. But how are they going to say, "Hey, we really believe we saw something in, in Kevin Keats"? Like, what? I'm still waiting for that person to stand up and say, "This is what I. This is what I see." Right. This is. This is why I think we can be good, or this is why I think he can do it. But right now, I've seen nothing. I've seen none of that. And. BP, let me ask you this. Do you think it is buyout related or do you think there are other issues? Me, me personally, I think you're, you're looking at partial buyout. Uh, 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 the majority of it would be buyout. I'd say 75%. Um, I, I think that, you know, there, there's quite a bit of money still on the table that, that the school would have to, um, that the school would have to absorb. Um, I think there's probably some other reasons somebody has, I'm not sure exactly specifically what those would be. Um, I I think that, I think that some of the investigation part comes in, uh, you know, some of the, 
some of the stuff we've seen uh, where, you know, well, we've had, you know, he's had this investigation hanging over the program for the past several years. Well, you know, we, we, we do know that that has affected some of the recruits, the recruiting, uh, you know, issues and such. So, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a very valid point. But whenever you're not making adjustments on the court, the, the investigation doesn't have anything to do with that. And that's where I think a lot of people kind of kind of step back from it and say, yeah, I, I, I don't know how I can support this because there are some things that are not happening that you would expect to happen. And it has nothing to do with the investigation. So, I, I mean, yeah. I've been on the record. I've been on the record on IPS and on Twitter and everything. I, I like Kevin. Uh, I, but at the same point in time, I mean, there's there's just some steps that you would like to see some things that you would like to happen and you're not seeing them. And it, and it's, you know, it's hard to defend stuff like that. I mean, same thing James has said many times on the site and on the podcast, uh, he can kind of see it halfway, you know, half and half with certain points that are being made to, to keep them and then to, uh, to get rid of them. Uh, you know, it's usually whenever there's a 50, 50 way, uh, about everything going on with the folks in charge, a lot of times they're just going to hold on to them one more year. And that's, you know, I think that's what's going to happen, whether I agree with it or not, that's, you know, that's, they're, they're the ones in charge. So, yeah. so speaking of James, he just put out a tweet on, I assume it was him, um, IPS from a Kevin Keats quote. Y'all are going to love this one. Kevin Keats quote from the press conference. I love where my program is at. Why the hell would Kevin Keats say that? You were DFL in the ACC and you love where your program is at. Guys, they're saving face. Guys, they're saving face. That's all they're trying to do. Uh, BP, you said some very good stuff. Uh, I can tell that you have your sources of, 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 of uh, you, you got your sources. Uh, I'm sure we, I'm sure we have some, some similar sources I'm hearing. And I, and these are details that I don't mind voicing because, hey, we don't know if they're true or not, right? So I'm just, I'm just something I heard. So, you know, if we're talking, if we want to talk money, <clears throat> I, 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 the question is this, the issue is this. Is it going to be Keats or the players? Because this is the thing about it. If we want to talk about recruiting and the future of the program and this, this, and this, then we got to understand this. TQ, he wants to be at State. He really wants to be there. Cam really wants to be there. Sebron is, is getting fed up. You can see it in his face. Uh, Manny wants to be there as well. So what happens is now, okay, we got to talk about what it's going to take to keep them there. It's going to take, you know, <clears throat> may, have to, may have to, you know, Get some talk talk money, right? So I'm hearing three hundred thousand. I'm hearing a hundred grand to Manny, a hundred grand to uh, potentially TQ. This is what I'm hearing. But the thing about it is this: is like again, <clears throat> what I've been suggesting. Hey guys, look, they want to call your bluff. You call theirs. Go explore the waters. Go explore the waters. Let's see how much your value is worth. Everybody. Now let's come back to the table. Now let's talk money. Let's see what the value is of our roster, and let's see what the potential value or, or what it could bring in. Okay, let's calculate that. Now let's calculate what this man is getting, and let's calculate what he's jeopardizing. Let's talk money because I know that TQ can bring uh, – he has the potential to bring more uh, and do more for our recruiting than Keats personally can. I know that kid can. He's charismatic. He has a motor. He cares. He's vocal. He's an NC kid. He's, I mean, he's, he's setting records. He does more for the recruiting than Coach Keats uh, does. 
So the focus needs to be back where it needs to be. And it needs to be on the boys and the girls of the program. <clears throat> That's where it needs to be. If we, if, if you want to talk money, let's talk. Let, what is the value? What is the collective value of Sebron TQ, uh, man, on the market right now? What is our true value? What do we have here? Now, do we want to jeopardize losing that and what potentially that could bring for this man, for this one guy? Pay, pay the buyout. Get him out of here. Let's go. Let's move on. Now I'm not. Now I also personally know Keith, and I love the man. We're talking business. Yep. That's all we're doing. It isn't personal. I had to talk with Ernie Myers today. Ernie is not personal. He knows that now. See the picture. It's not personal. None of this is personal. We're talking strictly business, and I think you guys understand that. I'm gonna be quiet now. No, I, I, I had I had the similar similar conversations uh, after the BC game with 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 uh, Derek Wittenberg. You know, it's you know where where where's the pulse right now? Uh, of course, the big question whenever you and, and Cam, you brought up a good point about the about the uh, players versus the coach uh, with the collective like that. And of course, that's going to be part of it is, you know, I've heard the same thing. Three hundred thousand dollars is what it's going to take to get these guys back. Um, you know, certain guys, at least three guys that I know of. Uh, but then what's going to happen if you if if we were to let go of uh, Keats and then next thing you know, what happens with Dillingham? Because it gets to a point, just like we saw, we've seen in football, you've got players that want to play with other players. Drake, whenever Drake committed to state in football, all of a sudden it was like a magnet. The 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 you know the the gravity field around Drake just brought players into the into the NC State football solar system. We're talking so Donda. Kinda... We're talking Donda. We're talking Kanye West. We're talking a whole nother <laughs> brand of, 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 of Adidas. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm sitting in the yeah. meeting. I'm, I hate to cut you off, but I'm sitting in the meeting no, with you our good. guys, and, 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 and they're looking at me, and they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand our licensing. They don't believe that you guys want the product and the concept that I'm showing them that I know you guys want. They don't believe you guys want it. They don't think yeah. they don't understand uh, uh, you guys. They, they, they're struggling to understand you guys uh, as a fan base. And all. It's, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, it's, it's – I'm, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. Let me jump in. Let me back up on Dillingham, right? After, we talked about this. Uh, we did a space earlier in the week, uh, randomly, Wednesday night, I guess it was. And – uh, Gabe from Hoop State Network, I believe that's where he is, was on there and talking about, we are talking about Dillingham. And, like, all right, say Dillingham does like Keats, right? Maybe that was enough for him to pick us over Kansas, or it was Kentucky, but it, or, we're in Adidas school. He he goes to Donda, he's the Kanye school, which Kanye's an Adidas guy. Dillingham is going to an Adidas school, so even if you get rid of Keats, he's still he's still coming to state, guys. He's yes, still he's, coming. There's enough influence there from Adidas and Donda that he he is likely going to pick his home state school, which is North Carolina home state Adidas school, which is us. Yep. So I don't believe that and, and, you came out to Keats just because the chance. That you might lose Dillingham. Yeah, yeah. No and again, is worth that. And, and again, that was just the 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 just a proposal, just a hypothetical yeah, that I was sure. presenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me let me just give y'all a, a warning now. If we're talking dollars and cents, like Cam said, let me just give y'all a quick warning here. Remember, 
Florida State was in a very similar place with Taggart. And everybody knew Taggart was a clown. He was a joke. Everybody knew he wasn't a very good coach. Hey, can y'all hear me? Is this yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, we got you. Remember now, Taggart had a very similar situation where everybody knew, hey, this guy, he does not belong here. This is not going to be good for us. They had to buy him out. They paid Norvell. Then after Norvell, everybody's like, wait a minute, you just lost Travis Hunter to a division or a FCS school? What under God's green earth is going on? Now they want to get rid of him, and everybody's saying, oh, we can't. We we cannot afford to. That's So while we may not be thinking about buyout in terms of like, oh, yeah, everything is fine, one buyout is cool, it's, it's a thing of if you pay him out and you miss again and now you're stuck paying two contracts, it you could get yourself into some trouble there. So okay, hold on, hold on. We, we got a I got a Florida State fan in, in the car. He he, he got to be budget, big dog. Hold on. <laughs> What's going on, big dog? This Cam Cousin Hop. So what's up, man? Um, you got to look at the Travis Hunter situation, right? Travis Hunter went to go play for Dion, who's arguably the greatest defensive back to ever play the game. He's a hands-on coach, and every single coach that's on his staff at Jackson State has played in the NFL. Granted, yeah. Florida State has a has a good staff. You don't have a staff of the magnitude that Jackson State has when you compare them with Florida State. Florida State staff don't match up. So that's why they were able to flip him and then grab other players. You just got to think about it, too. He was able to get – he's able to get players from the SEC to transfer in left and right, even if they were starting or they were the next up guy. So bringing this back to – uh, what Kent was saying, like if you get into this cycle of, you know, five-year churning coaches, which is where we are right now, and I get it, it is unfortunate, but at some point you have to, like, you don't do this to hire another CAA coach, right? You don't go and get a, the Wilmington's coach. You don't go, you go and get, take your shots at some some names. Make this job very attractive to them. So you don't have to do this. Right, go out there and take a shot at. I don't. I'm just gonna throw a name. Out. Throw Nados. Right, he's making less than Keats is at Alabama. Go take a shot at him. Say, hey, you have ten years. Ten. Give him ten years. Just give him a stupid contract and say, you have ten years. We think you can do it. You've won at Buffalo. You've won at Alabama. We think you can do it here. We want you. You're our guy. Throw the money at him. Make the job. Make it so that we're not in this cycle. Don't go, don't go and hire somebody who hasn't done it before, a guy who's only done it for two years or done it at the level, or at least go to the high G5 level and take those, take those shots. You, you know, not, I, I, I had this conversation a lot today. Uh, what, who, what kind of coach? I don't, I, you know, I think it's an age thing. We need somebody, and Evan, you and I talked about this too. It needs to be someone, whether we look at Jimmy V. If you want to look at that, if you want to look, Dean had a Dean. It took Dean thirty years. Uh, poor Dean. That, that that was a different situation. I think K. It took about eleven. Jimmy, yeah, three. Uh, Norm, uh, yeah. Those those guys were young. You got to get somebody young in who has ambition, who has goals, but also I'm talking about NC State, but also knows the tradition and the legacy and the history and the importance of certain things, importance of the Carolina game, importance of alumni. Import. You have to have this. This uh, constituency, this filter, this buff, this buffer. We got to get, like you said, you give a guy a, a ten-year contract. You got to look at his age, man. Like, how old is this guy now? 
like 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 and what's the room for growth like <clears throat> i think kids uh, we, we can't get this we can't get these stubborn older gentlemen in with He's all 47. of this pride and ego yeah I mean, like like west is my guy west miller and i know he's a carolina guy but west was like the perfect like guy for me because he had the energy of like a, he was a player so he still had that competitive juice but he like was able to transform that and transmit that into the into like his coaching and then like he got Jackie Manuel around him in UNCG and like he started just doing all the right things and he's like young you know and and he just I don't know like we need somebody like that in state dude we need somebody of the right age who can, who we can mold and teach but also he has his own juice and vigor and 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 conviction that to, to match and we have something yeah. unique that's what we have with jimmy v we, we need that and it's not about going back to 83 again but we need that that recipe it's a formula that we need in nc state hey i, yeah. I, I didn't jump in but i didn't jump in here to, to talk about you know the coaching search or anything along those lines wherever this is heading but uh did want to mention the fact that uh there was there was some discussion earlier about Robert Dillingham and his status in all of this. Um, and this is just directly from his family. I mean, you know, from talking to them, they've said that in the past, if, if Kevin Keats wasn't there, they're not coming to NC State. So if that, I mean, I'm not saying one way or another whether that should deter anybody from making any decisions. But what I'm saying is if, if, you're try, if we're trying to make the argument that he's going to come to an Adidas school and it's going to be NC State regardless, that's not so much the case. So... Yeah, no, I agree with you, Corey. I didn't. I didn't mean to imply that it was a, a sure thing. Oh, but the hell still... with Dillingham. The hell with Dillingham. Then we we we, we want people to come on, to state. Yeah, mean, exactly. Hang on, Ken. No, I agree with that. But I think it's it's honestly yeah. it's knowing that he was going to his style. And I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, what's Kevin Keats' style?" I know a lot of people are going to get upset with that that idea. But he said he wants to come into that style where he can be more of a on-ball, off-ball player and, and thrive in, in both of those different types of uh, roles. So that's yeah. kind of the reason why he wanted to come to NC State in the first place was to play for Kevin Keats. But, you know, if, if we're making the argument here, um, and I know uh, you, somebody, I, saw, I saw a tweet earlier from you about, uh, about, you know, this isn't the 2019 football team that's short-sighted to say, and I get that, but if there's going to be a turnaround, if there's going to be any type of uh, change that similar thing has to happen this coming up offseason. There has to be change within the program. You know, you saw what Dave Doran was able to do, the way that he was able to reinvigorate the program, where they're at now. And a lot of that had to do with building upon what they had, getting the players back that they felt really, really good about. And you can do that in basketball a little quicker than you can in football because there's only five players on the court. Uh, and it also has a lot to do with, you know, changeover in the staff. And we'll see exactly what – uh, the next few months hold as far as the transfer portal, as far as being able to land some guys that they're going after in 2022 uh, and, and what that holds. Yeah, so backing up, Dillingham, he, he might not come if Keats is not here, but he might still might, like another coach might come in where there's a connection or something. So we don't know for sure what that is, but there's a lot of things weighing in our favor there. In yeah, and I'll, to the- I'll say, too, he is also, just to remind people, he's also 2023. So there is right. still an additional year before he would even come to NC State uh, and make an impact. But also, uh, you know, there's time to try to build that relationship. But from what I've been told, as far as yeah, yeah. why he wants to come to NC State, it's it's because of, of Kevin Keats. Correct. And then 
regarding the coaching staff, and the reason I say it's not the same is because I don't think in basketball you have the same impact with your assistants that you do with football. Your defensive coordinators are calling plays. Your offensive coordinators are calling plays in, in most cases. And in basketball, if your head coach is not letting them do their things that they want to do, then I don't know how much of an impact a coaching staff has in that regards. I think you still have a puppet master that is a bigger influence over the program where in college football, I think your head coach is a manager and he's an organizer and an executive where in his assistants do their thing. And so I think that's where the difference is for me that, yes, I understand people are going to say he needs to change his staff and that, but I don't know if you're going to see that same correlation to success there. And that's, that's where I'm going with that. And I get it's bad years and all that, but I, I think there's more to it than, Hey, he needs to change his staff. I don't think that's good enough. I, I just, I don't. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We, we, we've talked about that before. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you know, that we've talked about that is, and, and, and we've said it uh, last uh, earlier this week is you, you saw the bench for the, the coaching staff for, um, for Boston college during the game. Uh, I was lucky enough to to go right there and and end up sitting courtside and and right across from their bench. I mean, those coaches were not sitting down; they were up. They had ants in their pants, hot potato, drawing up plays, showing it to the head coach, and then turn around and then just consulting with the players, kind of like it almost in a sense like it was a football coaching room where you had the main guy, then you had the coaches, uh, the assistants out there coordinating within their own rooms, their own position rooms. That's what it looked like you know, against Boston college. And I look down at the other end and, and it's, it's, it's Kevin up, you know, uh, you know, coaching. And then the other guys are kind of whispering here and there. And, uh, you know, you'll see him say something to a few of the players, but it's just, and and it it is possibly part of the the year that we're having. I totally get that. And and I understand that. Um, But those are two disparaging images that, you know, Hey, and, and that's my background. I'm in, you know, my, my degrees in public relations, Part of that is the image that you portray. That is part of your marketing scheme and everything. I know Cam will say something about that as well. Um, you're you're promoting your image, whether you're losing or winning. How do you and that's and that gets into what Keats gets into after the games. People will sit there and say, and, and Evan, you said something about you know Keats's tweet that James highlighted or one of the quotes is, "I like where this team is going." He's trying to promote that. He's trying to show that we're taking a step forward, even though it looks like we're taking two steps back. Even if we are taking an L against Carolina, you still want to pill out the positives. You still want to pick up on the positives, and you want to feed that to your players so they're not walking up the court at the end of the game dragging their feet. It, it's yeah. all, he Keats gets that. For everything that everybody can sit there and dog him and try to get blocked by him and everything like that, you have to give him that credit. You have to give acknowledge that he's doing what a good coach should do and he's trying to keep things moving forward. And, you know, it, it, you, you just have to keep doing that, whether it's good or bad. Uh, you know, even on the bad image side of, I know that this is going to get me rolled on Twitter and, and social media, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, my, hey, you know what, my guy, you know, hey, Manny's getting better, you know, that dad, dad going, if you got to say, you know, something about Manny Bates and, uh, and I know you're playing bingo after the game and everything, Evan, but still, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, you, you're trying to promote that positive vibe. 
even if it's the ugliest thing, I mean, even in the corporate world, if I get into a meeting and I work in logistics during the day, and of course we've had our, our crap going on this past two years with everything. Even if I have, I've got somebody yelling at me for a shipment that's like five months late right now. I can at least point out something positive. Well, at least the ship's outside the port of Charleston. It's not in there yet, but at least it's here. You know, I'm going to point to anything positive to keep that motion going forward. And that's what Keats is trying to do. Even if it looks like he's got egg on his face, he's still going to do it. So I, I didn't, I didn't want that last comment that I made to sound like there's any kind of ill will towards the, the assistant coaches either right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, I yeah. know talking within the program, like these assistants are working their asses off too. I mean, they're, they're fighting their asses off to try to get things going. I mean, you know, James Johnson has been responsible for the, for the bigs for years. Um, you know, Mike Summy has taken over as the, you know, the leader of the guards basically over the last uh, two years for NC state. And you've seen some growth, obviously, you know, we've seen some regression from Cam Hayes. You guys were talking obviously about the, the big game that he had in this game today. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you've seen, you know, the, the guards progress over the last couple of years. I hate it for JJ because, I mean, you look at what he's what he's really had to deal with in terms of the bigs this year. There's only two guys left uh, out of the post and you have five, you know, three that are sitting either on a scooter or sitting on the edge of the bench there. So uh, really tough situation there for, for either of these guys to really deal with. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't want it to come off as as that at all. Um, it's just a, a matter of, you know, that's how it was done two years ago. If there's any chance of, of trying to, you know, mirror that or try to invest in the program in any, any way, shape or form and try to get the players they want to do, they want to get. Um, that's the, you know, that's the only reason why I ever bring up that model. as well. Yeah. And you highlighted JJ uh, Johnson that, that he's a real dude now. People, yeah. uh, folks, folks kind of forget he's on the bench. James Johnson is a, is a real dude. He's a good coach. He's been uh, ass off too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. So I, I, again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with either one of you guys, but at the same time, from what people say who are around the program, that these guys their input is not taken with full regard. I think that is an issue. You can have freaking Pat Riley and Phil Nix, Phil Jackson on the bench, and if you're not taking their input, it's worthless. And so that's that's my that's the concern with me. And baseball just tied this game up. Did Tommy White just hit a double, clear the bases? Another down one. But that's that's the point for me. Is just like you can't be micromanaging things where to the point where you don't let guys do their do their job. You have to trust your staff. And the analogy with Dave Dorn, he trusts his staff. He lets them do what they what they need to do. Right. That's what everybody says. And if you don't, then I think that's there's a there's a bigger problem there. Uh, Nick, I know you've been wanting to speak. I apologize. Um, you you want to jump on here? Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Um, I appreciate you letting me talk. I mean, we're having great talks. This is like the one bright spot after you having to watch a game like that that we can just come in here and at least share what we are thinking. Um, but yeah, anyways, first off, I just want to say, um, Breon Pass. Uh, I don't know if I've ever, and I've been an NC State fan. I'm 23 now, just graduated in May. So my first year at State was Keith's first year. I don't know if I've ever seen a freshman that I've enjoyed watching so much. Uh, obviously, Baby T, you know, he's electric. But, you know, Breon Pass is a hard worker, um, and I think he deserves more minutes. Uh, but that's getting me to my topic of basically uh, I've watched a lot of the games. I mean, I watched, I went to every game when I was at State 
football and basketball. I did not miss one except when it was for COVID. Um, and I still watch it on my computer when at home now. But I, I don't. I just don't see the culture that I feel like the NC State has grown uh, from, like the players. And you know, I hate to go against what Corey and BP were saying, but even some of like the coaching staff, you don't see them getting electric like I thought they would. Like you know, baby T will dunk it. You might get the walk on. The I think his name's Austin. He'll stand up and like go crazy. But like, other than Breon, maybe on the bench, like I don't see like the excitement. I know Sebron and Cam Hayes. Both of them are kind of the quieter, not really expressive. But I just don't see the electric they used to get out of, like Markel or Devin Daniels. Um, I just don't see the the culture that I thought you would see in a team like Keats would want to bring. You know, he came in. Year one was my freshman year, and he was like, we're going to press the entire game. We're running 10 deep. Uh, we're going to be all over the place. And I know we've talked about that earlier in this call, but yeah. I just, I'm just not seeing that. Um, and you know, that maybe uh, that's why I, I wish, like, maybe there was a change with even, like, the starting lineup or the way you do your rotation. Because, you know, maybe at this point in the season, you know, we're probably going to finish the last in the ACC, maybe move up one spot, give or take. Throw Breon pass. You know, he's a freshman. He's probably going to be there next year. Throw him in there to start a game and see what he can do at starter minutes. Or even like, you know, we've never seen the one-two, and I know maybe it's not dominant, but, you know, we've never seen the change of maybe throw Gibson at the power forward and then EB at center. It's either one or the other. We're not seeing – and I, I'm not saying that work. I'm just saying, you know, see what it does. Um, you know, probably EB's going to be back next year. Gibson's probably going to be back next year. So, like, I, just, I wish we could just see – I feel like – you know, we've lost 16 out of our last 20. I just wish we could see maybe a different starting lineup. I, I swear, you know, I always take the starting lineup, and it's the same starting lineup unless someone's injured. And I know those are probably our best five guys, but at this point in the season, throw maybe throw Breon past that starting spot and then move everyone up one spot or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I just wish we could see some type of change to, you know, you, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm going to let you talk, but. Uh, just the culture and the change is why I would like to see. Um, you know, I, I like, like I said, I like Breon Pass, and I, w- I just wish he could get starter minutes for one game just to see what he could do at his production level. You know, that to me, and I've said it before, the big one of the biggest disconnects I have with my with Keats is the fact that he isn't doing what he said he wasn't what he's going to do. He isn't doing what made him successful at Wilmington from the high pressure, fast paced. And, and, you know, all of, of all of the things that to me is one that, that stands out the most that I just wish he would have stayed true to that. And I thought that's why he was recruiting so many guards. So many guys like Breon pass who are just athletic Shaq Moore. Imagine Breon pass Shaq Moore, in you know running the head of your press like those guys are real athletes and i thought i really thought that's where we were going with all of this and the the disconnect from where he said he was going to do and i don't know why that is i don't know where we've kind of gotten away from that but it's showing in you know the defensive inefficiency uh, the offense is poor you just look at Ken Palm ratings and we're in the bottom of the league in all of them and baseball team just tied it up 10-10. That's amazing. Can we just can we just make this a uh, Tommy Tanks chat room? <laughs> I yeah. was going to say what what did Tommy Tanks uh, cough and hit one over right field? No, he hit a he had two men on and hit a base clearing double and then pass ball and got him to third. 
And then I think that is JT Jarrett just hit a liner at first and bobbled it and got the run in. Yeah, and the, oh, only, yeah. the only thing I'll point out to, uh, to what both of you guys are just saying, um, and especially Nick, you know, I, I love the idea of Breon Pass going into the starting lineup. The only issue is, is kind of the same thing that you ran into when Thomas Allen was healthy. You know, if you put him in the lineup at that point, you're, you don't have, you don't have enough size in the lineup. I mean, you really don't right now at all because uh, you've got two guys who are above six foot eight. Uh, and that's, that's really it. That's all you got in your lineup. Um, so when you have those two on the court and the issue is if you put those two on the court at the same time, then you, where's the offense going to come from? I mean, you're, you're running three. Are you just going to run the, you know, your three uh, big three outside of that. And then, you know, have Darion at the point you don't have, the bigs aren't scoring right now. Uh, they're not playing well enough defensively, and they're not getting rebounds. So that's, I mean, that that to me is is a problem. And obviously, as we talked about beforehand, you only have two guys that you're you're leaning upon right now. Uh, I mean, I think a combined three rebounds between Gibson and and Duana today, um, and you know, combined eight points between the two of them. So you're just not getting the offense from them. And and look, let's continue to say this though, because it is a point that needs to be made here: the fact that between the two of them, they were not expected to be guys to step into those roles this year uh, by any stretch of the imagination and have been asked to do so. But uh, going back to, to what was being said here about the, you know, about not being able to, to push the pace too and getting up and down the court, just want to continue on that as well. When you have eight players, it's kind of difficult to, you know, <laughs> when you're, yeah, you're now it is, eight sorry, players already as well. Now it is, but they haven't been doing it all year. Like, well, let's be honest about that. And sure, you have less players. But even the guys on TV, and I know you're at the games, you weren't listening to them. The announcers are like, they need to go small. They need to go zone. They need to be pressing with guards. Like, and this is not the only game that has happened. This has been a repeated instance. You can put Pass out there, Morsell out there, Hayes out there, Smith out there, Hellum's out there. And you can put your athletes out there and execute this sort of offense and this kind of pressure. We haven't all year. It's not because we're down to eight guys. That to me, that that's a nonsense excuse. It, it's he hasn't adjusted. He's still trying to ram a square peg into a round hole, and that is a concern to me. Like he's been doing all year. I'm not the only one to say it. Like Scott Wood was on here on our last space saying the same thing. Like he's saying this. This is what I see. That's an issue. He's not getting the most out of his guys, or not getting, you know, adjusting to what he's got. Go zone. He went zone. Disrupted Carolina a little bit. Went back to man Carolina. Went back to Baycott and just started thrashing us. Like, yeah, that's the exact same thing they did against Boston College earlier this week too. I mean, yes. they went, Boston College finally figured it out and started playing well. Yeah. And they went back to man. That's one something they're more comfortable with. And I mean, look, I'm not saying it's. I know it's not. You know, obviously they should be pressing more. I'm 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 sitting there watching the game, thinking the exact same thing. I'm just trying yeah. to point as to why. It hasn't been as, you know, as prevalent the last two years because they did the exact same thing last year where they were trying to get get going. And a lot of times when they had guys like Helms out of the lineup or they had uh, others out of the lineup, uh, you know, they, they didn't go to that press as much. That's yeah. what's been the case this year because – and I know, I get it. They, they started the year with 12 players, never once had uh, Greg Gantt. So you play, started yeah. the year basically with 11 players. Mandy Bates goes down 30 seconds in. You start the year with 10 players. So, yeah, it's, it's gone down even more, and you've lost players, you know, for certain games, too. I mean, you think back to the game without Joanna, where you had Gale, uh, Gibson in, and he was the lone big man, uh, and they didn't press at all in that game. So, 
it's you know it's just it's just a counterpoint to the fact that he's I'm not saying he's all I'm trying to point out is he's not completely getting away from the press defense. It's more so that it's you know now at this point it's out of necessity to to save uh, the energy and try to finish some of these games. The unfortunate part is they're not really in the games late anymore uh, like they were early <laughs> on the season. So you're not exactly battling at the end of them. So yeah, yeah I, 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 I get it. I it's get all it. for naught. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I do get it. I, I want, I, I hadn't seen enough of that from even in years past. Like I just, we play, we don't play the high press that he wants to run, right? We pick up full court, but that's not the same. And I think there's a, you know, there's some fundamentals there. And then when I, like I watch these guys drive down, drive down the court, even today, and then maybe it's just the, the place we are in the season where you have guys just like, there's no passes. There's no movement. Yep. You're you're trying to get a guy to do to make something happen. I think Bennerman said it earlier, or like it's Keats trying or relying on a guy to make a play. Right. Helms comes. Helms got the ball, dribbled right down into the paint, took a fadeaway, bad fadeaway shot. I mean, it just, there was zero passes. There was 20 seconds on the clock. I'm like, Turquavion comes down the comes down and and jacks up a deep three four seconds into the shot clock. Like there's just some things in there that the coaches got to, uh, got to reel in. And I just, you don't, you wouldn't see that from a lot of, a lot of coaches. And I think that that's the frustrating part of it. And I, and I saw your, and I saw your tweet as well. Like two, a two assists at halftime is, I mean, yeah. that's, that's beyond pathetic in my opinion. Um, I grew up playing basketball. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I honestly didn't play at a division one level, but, that's 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 a little something. That's a red flag, and because you should you should have two assist, two assists on three buckets or four buckets, like half yeah. half of the four buckets should be assists, and you have two the entire half. Uh, that I don't know. That's that's something I saw as well, and um, you know this is that brings me back to my what I said about culture is like this is this was senior day against UNC, yeah, and like this is the game. This is why. Uh, this is why you came to NC State <laughs> for moments like this game, um, and you know, for especially for Keith, you know, Coach K stepping down, Roy Williams just stepped down. You get this win today, you could kind of turn the corner for next year, and know that okay, the triangle is a fresh triangle. Like, it's whoever wants to take over the triangle. Uh, obviously, Duke's gonna still get the recruits, and UNC's gonna still get the recruits, but you're at a fresh slate with coaches. Um, and I just feel like, you know, he had his chance to go in and establish himself and with being in year five. And now Herbert Davis swept him in his first year. Uh, you know, Deuce getting recruits next year. So I, I just don't see anything different. I, I don't know. I'm just rambling, but uh, I appreciate you letting me talk. <laughs> of course. Uh, Matt Coe, you want to you jump in on here? Hello? What's up? What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Um, How's everybody doing after that one? I am just now checking. Hey, Evan, I had a question for you. Um, you, ahead, uh, you, said, you said something uh, earlier about um, we, we uh, went zone. We were in zone. It worked well. And then we went back to man. What I'm asking the listeners is why would a coach decide to go man from a zone? What is the one thing? That would make a coach do that. Just, just talking strategy. Just talking the game. 
Oh, well, if, I, uh, it's, it's called re, it's called rebounding. Yeah, <laughs> we was getting smashed on the boards. See what I'm saying? Uh, you go zone, <clears throat> long rebounds. There's more threes. You know, it was a rebounding issue that coach was trying to cover up on. That's why he was. That's why he was flip flopping with the schemes. You know, we, we we have to. You know, I think if we're going to also critique the game, we got to really you know watch the game. Um, we got to know our personnel. Like you said, we we we're, defensively all year we've been trying to catch. It's been patchwork. You know whether it's been our, uh, our rotations off the ball on the back end, you know, our guards back there on that, on that block trying to rotate over late, or whether it's us in the pick and roll situations and communication. Uh, there's something going on there, like you say. I, you know, and, and I, I forget who it was. He, he alluded to the staff not being such an issue. It is. It is an issue because <clears throat> the kids have to be developed, you know, when they, when they come here. We talk about Dillingham and all these uh, uh, names. Doesn't matter who the kid is, they're kids, and they have to be developed <clears throat> to get the best and the most out of them. And uh, we're going to run the risk of uh, I know I know for a fact right now we're going to run the risk of leaving uh, <clears throat> losing some of our most important players uh, with what's going on right now. You know, uh, Keats, or no, you know, or whatever. You know, what I'm saying they're just not happy, and um, the staff has a lot to do with. It. They got to bring the best out of the players. They got to understand them. They got a lot goes into it. You know. But the staff does matter, and like you, and in relationship with with uh, Keats and and his staff, that does matter. Is he listening to him? I think he's listening to him. He does have a good relationship. Everybody in there likes each other. I don't think that's the issue, but I think this is just the Coach Keats show, you know. And uh, he's going to do it his way. He's going to do it how, like how he wants. Um, I think BP said that. Like you said, it's just kind of how he, you know, whether we like that, he's going to do it. Uh, but that's the issue, and the kids need to be developed. Even if Dillingham comes in. No matter where it goes, he needs to be developed, you know, and and, and, and shine. That that diamond needs to shine bright, and uh, that's the staff and the program's responsibility. And for the, and for the record, as we learned from watching Hoosiers, you pass the ball four times before you take a shot. <laughs> yeah, the only point, the only point I'll bring up about that too, uh, obviously, you know, yes, there was a lot of there was a lot of ISO ball still being played. Uh, and, and especially early on, I mean, Sebron, I don't know how many times he overshot a couple of those and they just, it looked like open looks and he just overshot it. Uh, but I mean, and I, I made this point on Twitter a few times, like even on, even on possessions where there was great ball movement and they got an out, it led to an outside three pointer. Like it was a wide open look. Morcel missed a couple. Terquavion Smith missed a couple. I mean, it, you know, they're finally getting open looks and they can't knock those down. And that, that had a lot to do with the fact that the ball movement got stuck again later on because they're just looking to play hero ball again. Yeah, coaches got to get that unstuck though. I mean, that's where we're not in week one of the season, right? You can't let them fall back into that pattern. You would see, you know, I hate to reference Carolina, but Roy Williams would do it, right? He would sub everybody out when they started playing like shit. I'm like, hey guys, get back, get your stuff back and get it. Yeah, so, you're gonna put three guys out there on the court if you sub all five out there. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I'm just, you I'm get just, the point. You get the that's, point. You that's, gotta, more, that's more a point for the people who keep saying, hey, take Terquavion Smith out because he's missing a lot of shots. All right. You're going to put Breon Pass out there? Okay. We'll take Cam Hayes out because he's missing a lot of shots. All right. Now, who are you going to put out there? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the issue you're running into. It's like you, you can make a point all you want, but then you run into the issue of, all right, man, I don't have the bodies to keep taking guys off the court if they're not playing well. You've just got to stick with the guys you got. And a lot of times it ends up leading to, you know, some some pretty bad basketball at the end of the games. There's a difference between taking him out because he's not playing well and taking him out because he's out of control. 
Traquavion gets out of control. Like, I love the kid. I love his energy. He takes a lot of bad shots. He took a lot of bad shots in this game. Early in the clock, deep threes, contested, zero pass. Like, I'm taking him out of the game. I'm not letting him play 19 minutes in the first half when he's just slinging like that. Like, to me, that's I'm, that's not how I'm coaching my team. And maybe Keats is different. Maybe he wants to give him flow. I am putting pass in there that, that, that regards. I'm, I'm putting Cam in there who played nine minutes in the first half, right? I, I'm trying to balance these rotations a little bit better despite my roster deficiencies. Like, Cam was the leading scorer in the first half. He, you know, wasn't perfect, but he didn't jack up 12 shots out of control. And I, I, I t- there's some things in there and that are just – you can have a deficient roster. You can have injuries. But I, I don't agree with letting your team just roll like that. I just – I think there needs to be – you need to saddle him a little bit, uh, certain players. Matt Coe, uh, go ahead and jump in again. What's up, man? I'm back. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you're good. All right, cool. I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, I just got out of PNC. Congratulations uh, to Matt Coe. I saw the Twitter <laughs> earlier, your tweet about your yeah, new uh, position with the media well, it's not really, it's not within really uh, WPN, Matt. Congratulations. It's, 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 not, it's not really a new uh, position or anything like that. I know that's something that you always cared about doing. Anybody who knows you knows that. and It's good to see you in a position that you desire to be in. Can you all hear me? Hello? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's, it's not really a new position or anything like that. Um, I was just happy to just be there, like, NC State is is my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I love NC State basketball. Even if we're in last place and it's a terrible year and we got killed, like, I was having goosebumps just walking in there, like, getting to be a part of NC State versus Carolina. And, you know, obviously we were on the opposite end and it wasn't a good game. But it's just for me, just being in the arena, um, seeing all that red and, you know, being being a part of it is something that has mattered to me even when I was a little kid. So it's just – it was kind of surreal that, I was a part of that legendary, you know, robbery between two programs. So that, that was just really just me saying, like, thank you to NC State um, basketball. But <clears throat> I guess about the game, it was um, it was not close at all, uh, to say the least. And, you know, it wasn't just a good game from Baycott. It was a legendary game. Um, he actually tied Billy Cunningham uh, for most rebounds versus NC State all time. Uh, with 18, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Like, I, I think Baycott's good, you know what I'm saying? Is he NBA good? Eh, maybe. Um, it's more so of a, a product on the court, and I know that we don't have the bodies, so, you know, that, that's obviously an easy argument to be made. But there is some stuff that happened after during the media presser where, you know, people were asking Keats, you know, why are you telling us one thing when another thing is happening? And I thought that was really interesting. That was probably the first time I've ever seen I don't want to call it a heated exchange because that's not the right word, but it was definitely might have ruffled some feathers for Keats, um, you know, asking about Bates. You know, why is he participating in this? How have you not talked to him about, uh, you know, his future and and all this, that, and, and whatnot? But I, I that was the first time that I personally got to witness Keats just – he just looked defeated. And it was just interesting for me – I asked him actually about the red jacket because for me that, that gets bonus points. I don't, I know that a lot of people have 
their feelings about him. But I, I appreciate the red jacket. I always will. I don't care who our coach is. And I asked him about the, the, the jacket. He said he did it for the kids and, and, and for, the, uh, for, for the students and, and the seniors because they want to remember this picture for all time and, and whatnot. And I just found it weird because he's been downplaying this game Yet he puts he dressed to the nines. You know we got all these fans. Like clearly this game matters. Um, he just looked really defeated, and I think there was a lot of tension in the media room, especially with that decision with Bates. And um, I think there's just a lot of tension across the board uh, between fans. So just to yeah. be clear too about the Bates thing, there was a conversation beforehand. Um, he actually th- that wasn't the plan initially. Was they were just going right. to be offering the two. Um, and then I can't, I don't know. And Keith exactly. said, well, Keith said too, to, to help your argument too, Corey, he did say like, I don't know if this is a good idea. So yeah. Yeah. And Keith's I mean, defense, he did say that. Yeah. And he wanted to, you know, Bates, Bates said he wanted to be on the court with Jericho Helms who came in the same class with him. He wanted to, uh, you know, participate in it alongside him. And, you know, obviously it was written into the uh, into the the script multiple times how many years of eligibility he had left as he came onto the court. So, um, it, you know, it, they basically said there's no there's no reason for um, you know for that to say that it's his last game or you know his last time that'll be out of PNC Arena. But you know, there's there's going to be some serious discussions about whether or not he wants to return. And that's that's starting you know right once the season ends. So yeah, and I think because um, I asked him this, I had this question made up uh, probably for the last couple of weeks, but I was kind of holding on to it. I asked him straight up. I was like, you know, you can't control injuries. That's fine. Um, two games left in his season. You know, what would you wish you have done different? Hindsight being 2020. Is there anything that you would have changed? Any coaching decisions? And he said no. And, you know, again, maybe that's just him talking and, you know, coaches talk, but I feel like there's got to be at least one. I mean, I think we can all agree the Florida State game and, you know, I'm not here to, you know, take a crap on Keats or anything, but I just don't feel like there was ever any ownership um, to what went down this season. Whether you can control injuries or not is an argument. It's just I didn't see any finger pointing at himself, and so I thought that that was kind of where he messed up. Like, he could have went into that presser. He started off by saying, you know, this is a bad season, blah, 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 but never once did he say, like, I could have been better. I'm sorry. This yeah, at least somewhat falls on me, and I just I never got that out of him this season. So I find that kind of uh, troubling to hear. It not only is a guy in the room, but just a fan. So yeah, it's interesting too because I remember I remember God, this was probably the 2016 or 2017 season. No, 2016. Not to keep going back to football here, but 2016 season, I believe it was, uh, where Luke DeCock basically called out. Uh, Dave Doran multiple times because he asked him on several occasions, you know, Hey, what's the deal here? What's going on? And, and, you know, Doran was talking about his players instead of talking about him personally. And, you know, I think there's, I think sometimes when we're looking for something along those lines, we're going to find it. Uh, (laughs) And I think when, you know, in the case of Kevin Keats, yeah, I mean, he probably needs to put a little bit more of this on himself, but you know, when you, I, I don't know that, that necessarily means that he's not taking ownership of it with his players. He's not taking ownership of it with his coaches uh, because as we've said multiple times on this space, you know, he's, he's 
I mean, taking over too probably too much responsibility and taking over too much uh, in trying to you know build the team and trying to coach the team instead of giving it up to some of his coaches. So it's it's hard to it's really hard to uh, you know put it necessarily say that he's not putting it on himself when he's not doing it in the public eye and, and probably doing it behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I think that um, when your back's against the wall, because like, let's face it, Keith's back's against the wall, he's got no support from the fans. Uh, what little support he does, it's very, very small. I think it's not necessarily politics, but it would look good in some people's eyes that are kind of teetering or on the fence to be like, hey, like I'll be better next year, or I messed up, I made some decisions that could have been better, whether that's in-game or outside of the game with roster management. Um, that's just I, I think that that could have been a service to to himself uh, but you know it is what it is it's just, it, it's a bad season like it, it's a terrible terrible season and we can like you said Corey blame anybody this that in the third all right Matt you're cutting out full time at least in my lifetime Probably these crappy AirPods, man. I hate these things. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, it, sa- it, sa- it sounded like you were entering the Matrix there for a few minutes, for a few seconds. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to take these out. Hold on. All right, we're back. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. All right, cool. Um, crappy AirPods, man, I'll tell you. iPhone products, they go out every two years. Um I just don't know what to make of it because everybody's – you. we have no idea what this roster is going to look like. Um, let's say we get Manny Bates back. Cool. Who knows if nine of the other guys are even here. I mean, that's just how easy it is and how different it is. Um, I don't like the argument of, well, if we had Bates, we'd be a top 30 team this year. And, like, I don't believe that because you had Bates last year. You weren't a top 30 team. Like, we got to stop acting like Bates was this Hakeem Olajuwon next coming. Um, I, I, to a degree, you know, you can lose your best player and, and still be a, probably the same team or, or close to the same team. The only team that I can think of in the ACC that if they lost their best player, AKA Paolo Bencaro, they wouldn't be the same team. Um, or they, or they still would be a tournament team. Excuse me. They'd still be a tournament team. Outside of that, there is an argument to be made that like, okay, like let's say Isaiah Wong goes out. Miami's probably not the same team, uh, but they don't nosedive like like we did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Anybody else got anything else to say? This is going on far too long. I, I just I just think that um, you know win or lose, fans uh, we 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 want to see the team compete. You know, we want to see him compete. You know, I watched that Wake Forest game, and that's one team. I was I was really confused about that game. I said, I know we're better than them. You know, I said, I'm really watching. I said, we're better than them. But they're just so much more disciplined. You know, they play to their strengths. They're so much more under control. They're just so much of everything that we're not, you know. And, 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 and there's just only one – thing that's responsible for that you know it's not a mystery it's not brain it ain't all this deep stuff it's coaching it's the staff it's what's not something's not adding up you know uh the whole like ownership thing yeah we we don't really know how much 
ownership he's taking. I mean, my God, I mean, you know, how hard is he really taking it, man? We don't know. I mean, but I hope he's not really, I don't hope, he don't, I, hope I hope he really doesn't think that it's the, it's, it's the boys. You know, there that, that was a part, there was a point in the season where I said, oh man, we're just not good enough. But then I said, no, we are, you know, it's funny because last season, do you guys think that last season, was more rigorous than this season. Think about it. Like, be honest. Like, last year was the first – I mean, the pandemic just threw us all for a loop. Do you think last season was more rigorous than this one? Because the NCAA stuff, we seem to handle that pretty smooth. Manny definitely did the injury was – injuries that suck. But do you think last year was a little bit more rigorous? Because it seems like we, 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 we did better in a more hectic environment last year, you know. But now – it's a little bit more still waters now. It's like, okay, let's let's go. We, you know, and and I don't know. Here we are. What, what do you think, Evan? Do you think last year's a little bit more rigorous than, than this year? On the floor, or like schedule wise, like in what? No, just 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 the just rigorous period, and, and all dynamics of just playing the game and just having to having to win. You know, how, you know uh, whether it's like like no fans in the gym, whether it's you know all the dynamics because. We keep talking about Manny Bates. That's a dynamic, right? People want to bring up these details as to why we can't win. I'm just, I'm just asking, like, when we think about all the things that add up to, like, a rigorous season, it, to me it seems like last year was more rigorous than this season. You know, this season everybody seems more prepared. It's like it was neutral playing ground. And, and, and if you don't want to act like Carolina and Duke doesn't matter, Coach, it does. That's the measuring stick you know, in all facets. And these two games – really showed where we are, you know. Um, and like you said, the future is so – is so. Matt, Matt said it just now. The future is so weird, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen next. You know, you know, who's leaving, who's staying, you know. Dillingham, and all, you know, it's all this stuff. It's just up in the in the air. And um, it's – the staff just – I'm just I'm just highlighting the staff and the coaches, you know, because I, I, hate, I hate to just keep talking about the boys. They're, I think they're doing all they can. Um, but we got to surround them with the right stuff to bring the best out of them. That's yeah, that's 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 just where I'm at with it. I appreciate it, yeah, and I appreciate that we can have these good conversations. We've got a lot of people in here with opinions and thoughts, and a lot of the same, a lot of some different. And I think that's that's interesting. I I think none of us are happy with where the state of the program is, despite Kevin Keith saying he's happy with where the program is. Still don't understand that one, but. You know, overall, just uh, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll see what happens. We got two more games. I think. I mean, obviously, I don't think anything's going to happen until we, we move had on. more real shit in the way last year. We have nothing but excuses in the way this year. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I do want to add something just really quick before you end. I just want to hear your opinion. Like, I don't understand how, and uh, Cam, you can speak on this too, but how you have the audacity to say you like where our program is at. I just don't understand, like, just knowing how big this game was, you know, Helm, someone that's been here for four years, uh, senior day against Carolina, and you say, the all, and we get the same press conference every game. You know, there is that the bingo card for a reason. It's just like he goes in there, he just says what he has to say to, like you said, keep that, the nice face, and then it's just nothing's addressed. And I just don't understand how you have the audacity to say that you like where our program is going or where it's at, whatever he said. Uh, I just want to hear what you have to say about that quick. I, there's some, there's always more context to it. Yeah, I mean, that's 
like Debbie Howard tweeted and replied to me when I I said there's got to be more context to that that statement. I, I, I don't know. I remember uh, I, uh, you, you kind of had me thinking about something. I remember uh, I was playing on, uh, in, in, on a team in Turkey, and uh, there was a point in the season where it was just very tense. And and the coach, uh, he spoke English well enough. I mean, he was a, a smart guy. He said, guys, there's going to be come a time in the season where the wall, you know, is green. But we all have to say it's blue. And I was thinking to myself, like, that was a terrible, you know, that was terrible, first of all. But second of all, I understood exactly what he was saying. And I disagree. If the wall is green, the wall is green. And we have to deal with that. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand. This is a philosophy. There was some fan that asked me, uh, they was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to get into Keats as a man. I don't, I don't know him as a man, you know, to the, the, the question him as a man. I said, yes, you guys do. He's been coaching there for four and a half years. You see his philosophy. How does he fight? How does he prepare? How does he communicate? You, you know, you, you see these things. You know, if, if we go out to eat, how you how you treat the waiter? How you treat the waitresses? These details of a person. This stuff matters. You can, you can tell a lot about a person by this stuff, especially with sports. It exposes you. It exposes us all and put us in positions to compete, to, to put our best foot forward, to rise to the occasion or to go the other way. This is sports. And, and, and we just, and I think all we're talking about is just the spirit of the athlete. Where is it? Where's the spirit of the program? hundred percent. I've had so many academia people who don't know anything about sports. They say, it's Keats. He, he's just a shell. He's just there. You know, he's just there. I had some friends come to the game tonight and they were listening. They know sports. It wasn't really saying, but it wasn't a lot of coaching going on. You know, it wasn't a lot of coaching going on. It wasn't a lot of, uh, uh, of saying of the right things, you know, and I was, you know, I was watching everything and uh, yeah, it's the spirit of the athletes, the spirit of the program that we're tapping into and being able to understand the spirit of this rivalry game that goes into it, competing, win or lose. And that's just, that's just lost. It's not even an issue. It's not even a topic of conversation. Uh, and, and it's just so concerning, you know, because this is such an important body that we're dealing with, 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 with Pac Nation. This, this matters so much to us all. And, uh, and and they're trying to act like like why do you, why should you guys care you know let us do what we're doing huh yeah. yeah no we got an opinion we're gonna voice it we're gonna have spaces we're gonna give you a hard time you know and that's what we got to do guys we got to keep giving them a hard all they care about is their perception they want to keep talking like everything's fine and we know it's not so you know it's not personal but you know it is what it is. I think that's a good place to end it, and I appreciate that, Cam. That's a good thought. And I'll also end it at the, the baseball team just won in the bottom of the 10th walk-off home run. Uh, that's amazing. This team is awesome. At least there's some excitement for some of us on that side, some positive we can be happy about. So hopefully everybody's enjoying uh, this baseball that we're getting right now. And then we'll have these tough conversations in football. I mean, God, hope not in football. In basketball as we, we move on. Never give, think, up. Never, give right. up. never give up. Never Don't give up. Never give up. Never accept the status quo. That's what, that's where I keep pushing. I mean, the floor. The floor is the ceiling. The ceiling the is the roof. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Y'all have a good night. Have a good weekend.